here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Sit down, shut up, and pass me a fucking April! That was it, wasn't it? You all saw that. Hey everybody, welcome back to Press X to Reload, where we join in for round two. We dust ourselves off and get ready to fight again. Last time we checked out the 1995 Mortal Kombat, a solid flick, but perhaps not a flawless victory. So now we see if the 2021 Mortal Kombat can try and pick up the pieces where that one maybe stumbled and see if it's any better or see if it's worse. I, of course, am Nick Moore and joining with me are Mark Athenis, Wayne Brissett, and Christine Zedlick. Wayne? Friendship. Friendship. <laughs> Mark. Welcome back. And Chris. Uh, please finish me. I know you've been waiting for this. This is Chris's uh, movie of the year for 2021. I don't know if you guys know this so far. Don't spoil it. <laughs> so oh, heavy spoilers. Jeez, thanks, Nick. <laughs> So for anyone who's not aware of the film, it is another attempt to adapt Mortal Kombat, the fighting game tournament between us mere mortals and the evil, I don't know what they are, gods, demons, just other mortals, it seems like, from Outworld. It's never really been clear, not just in the films, but in the games, just other people from another place that they've used up their resources and they want to come take ours. It's kind of like the Super Mario Brothers movie that way. But the main difference between this and the 1995 is the rating. This is a rated R Mortal Kombat. We will get into the details, but there is far more blood and guts this time around. Let's start with, well, since I've kind of spoiled a little bit, hey Chris, how challenging is it going to be for you to think of positive things to say? Well, in the spirit of the podcast, um, <laughs> Mark? Wow. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. We may have a silent well, partner no. here. Yeah, no. No, no, no. You Honestly, know what? I uh, Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, sorry, no Mark. In all honesty, I mean I, I want to I want to in the spirit like I said, in the spirit of the podcast, loved the intro, loved a, a portion of the production design, costumes in particular. Okay. Mark? <laughs> I liked it. I got to be honest. Maybe it's because I've heard so many bad things about it, but like, I liked it. I thought it was lowered expectations. De- lowered expectations. I thought it was <laughs> a decent attempt at a story, given that it's a fighting game. I liked the martial arts. Again, maybe I took some issue with the, like, they have a contest, they have rules. They're continuously breaking the rules, so I guess they don't matter. But other than that, I <laughs> genuinely still had to like it. I still like the characters, the their attempt at actually using the characters. Um, 
abilities or you know video game moves so i I liked it and wayne how about yourself we have to remember the the whole purpose of this podcast is to find the good in these films and you always say that before you're about to beat something up well no we do this because (laughs) we do this because it's they're notorious right they're notoriously yes bad or people don't like them this one's a weird one for me because there's actually a lot of good things to say about the film but ironically i think it's a bad film (laughs) okay like i I don't like the movie at all i watched it twice i watched it again (laughs) just to make sure (laughs) and uh the second time i just it was the same thing i just there's a lot of good things that we could talk about which is good for the podcast purpose but i do not think it's a good film i think the 90s film is far superior okay and that's fair myself I really do genuinely enjoy this film. It is not even close to perfect. They screw up a lot of things that I didn't think you could screw up, but they got a lot of stuff right that I wish that the 95 film did. If I could marry those two films together, I'd basically have the single player campaign out of the video games. I would agree with that. Like it would be, it would be correct. I agree too. But this one, this one does get the excess right. And I know violence shouldn't matter, but for Mortal Kombat, it's not just the excess of blood and guts, but the excess of, as you said, Mark, the fact that they have genuine super moves in this, that they try to mm-hmm. integrate that into the story of Kano shooting a laser out of his eye and Sonya's got her sonic waves. They go full video game in a way that I don't think another fighting game adaptation has ever tried. Even the 95 mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat... Liu Kang kind of, sort of does a fireball to Shang Tsung at the end, Mm -hmm. but it feels like something you could write off as, oh, no, 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 that wasn't really a fireball. Those are stupid. And the Street Fighter one doesn't even attempt anything like that. This one has teleportation happening and (laughs) like all kinds of nonsense moves. And I really dig that about it. I just wish that Cole wasn't in it. (laughs) Agreed. Who? So... Uh, For anyone who wants to follow along with the plot, because the plot's weird, Mortal Kombat, the game, has all sorts of recognizable characters. Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Sonya, Liu Kang, Shang Tsung, all these characters. And this movie starts with two of those recognizable characters. And I think we could agree the single most riveting part of this film is probably the first 10 minutes. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's my yeah. favorite thing about the film. Mine too. Mm-hmm. That opening is fantastic. And I think that's why maybe I don't like the rest of the movie is it doesn't live up to the rest. And I feel yeah, like, I, agree. I don't know if you guys remember, when they were marketing this film, they released a clip of the opening. Now, I did mm-hmm. not bother to watch that. I didn't want to have anything spoiled other than the previews, so I didn't I watch did. it. But I, I can it. completely understand if you watched that clip and had a couple of weeks to mull over in your head, this is the kind of movie you're getting, the rest of the movie's tone doesn't match the first 10 minutes. No. And I like the rest of the movie, but it's a different movie. In reality, the beginning ends oh. up absolutely yeah. be- meaning nothing in retrospect to the rest of the film. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. The movie opens up with Scorpion, who at, at that point, he's not really Scorpion, I guess. He's just Hanzo, uh, with his family and his wife and i assume it's his guards because they make it seem like he's i don't know i guess a big deal maybe he's a war boss or something they never really make it clear looks like he's the head of a clan they could have made a whole movie out of this era this timeline just between the they could have yeah like it looked like he's the head of his clan that's the way i that's how i right yeah either way despite being the head of his clan he still goes out to fetch a pail of water 
And in the two minutes that he is gone, Bihan, the infamous Sub-Zero, shows up and messes up everybody in his clan. And in terms of cinematography, one of the cooler looking moments when Hanzo comes back to his family his family is dead, but frozen with his wife, like cradling his son, who's been stabbed through with like an ice blade. That's haunting. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you have Hanzo, not quite Scorpion yet, just wreck all of the, I guess, all of the Lin Kuei soldiers that showed up after Sub-Zero did the job himself. I didn't yeah. <laughs> quite understand their purpose. But the fighting was cool. I thought it was a bigger fight. Like, I thought that was, like, not just Sub-Zero. I thought Sub-Zero takes out his family while his other guys were helping take out the guards of Alfonso, okay. a.k.a. Scorpion. That's how I interpreted that scene. Because mm-hmm. so, okay. that made more sense to me. <laughs> but he had cool moments like seeing one of Hanzo's guards from the other side of the paper wall where he gets stabbed through so you see the blade go through. Well, the family's watching it and just it's sliding up and the blood going across. That's really cool. Like there's mm. some nice cinematic touches. And then, of course, they, I guess, how old is the the baby that they hide underneath the floorboards that doesn't make a noise during all that commotion? Because I think Sub-Zero would have killed the baby know. if you knew about the baby. Yeah, 36 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I looked at 37. It's 37. They needed to borrow some of the soundproofing from A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. Either way. Hanzo shows up, grabs a gardening tool, I guess, and uh-huh. fashions that to a rope. Hanzo. <laughs> okay. So, yes, near the end, we can get this to is that the blade of Hanzo. <laughs> now, the first time I watched this, I was under the impression that they treat that, that spear, essentially, what it is. Like, it's spearhead attached to a rope. Like, it's this ceremonial dagger. The most he ever says is the blade of Hanzo, and since he fought him with it you know centuries ago i can see him relating it as that it's a gardening but it's, tool. it's 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 just a gardening it's tool. a gardening tool it's a 100 yeah. percent gardening tool it's the he takes it out of the, the tool garden. of mrs hanzo <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's the you know it became the blade of hanzo but it's the trowel of mrs hasashi basically <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. but in terms of trying to if you're going to ground the story i guess and have like the origin of things i don't mind that being the origin of a spear it's way oh, better cool. sure. than a spear Absolutely. with a living face that dies after hitting a tree once agreed i will take mm-hmm. this over that any day it's you know I the like cool it. thing is is it's it comes from humble beginnings i mean yeah. it was a garden tool and it's become the blade so i i love it I, yeah. that's yeah. cool yeah. That's and very cool. The fighting for that is pretty cool. Like watching him whip it around, mm-hmm. throws it, and it goes amazing. like right through one guy's head, and then he pulls him down with it. Like yeah. that fight's pretty cool. Yeah. And then he fights Bihan, and Bihan just beats the crap out of him. Yeah, like he does a, a decent enough job trying to fight, but Bihan annihilates him. What I do mm-hmm. like about that, the, the the setup there, it's cool, very cool, no actually, and in. <laughs> yes. Um, it's cool that they don't understand each other. Yes. I, I love that like little that. touch. Well, do so, they? So, no, Bihan, Bihan speaks Japanese, but he only speaks oh. Chinese to Hanzo, who can't understand him, which is a cool. Right. That's I, right. I love that dynamic because Bihan speaks Japanese to his wife before he kills yeah, her. That's right. But yeah. he doesn't speak Japanese to Hanzo. So Hanzo's Sorry, like, that's what right. you're yes. saying, but Bihan gets it, 
and he's it's torment. He doesn't speak to him like us. It's wild. exactly. I love it. Love I that. did enjoy that. The fact that Bihan can speak both languages, and then Hanzo's sure. response: "I don't know what you're saying, but I'm going to kill you." Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was kind of entertaining. Yep. And some of the moves during that fight between the two of them, like some of the things that Bihan's using his abilities, like his frost abilities, to kind of mess with them is kind of neat like when he makes like a almost like a claw with his fist and gets him with frost with it like that was kind of cool and then destroys him with like his own spear and freezes him and then when he drops down like i hanzo drops down to the ground and then like turns into fire and ashes and disappears yeah so i was unclear on this is it that he had abilities prior already yeah. or is that the moment where he got abilities because he went down to hell did Bihan? Yeah, did he sell his soul at the last minute there? Right. It was really unclear, and they didn't clear it up later either. No. Yeah, you have to make a lot of assumptions there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. When they they explain powers later and how the powers work, like, I don't know if that's how it can work when, like, oh, you finally realize your potential. You just died. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's how that works. realizes his potential in hell. Is my understanding, yeah, <laughs> which is pretty badass. But he had to realize it in death why, by embracing it rather he, than fearing it. But he had to realize it in death to me, because or else why did he go to Ash? He's not Obi Wan. Like, why did he fade away? It doesn't make any sense. Right? No, it's it's weird, but it's I weird. can live with it. It's fine. Run, Cole. Uh, but run. <laughs> and then you have Raiden show up and take the baby away because. You have to have the, the story continue on somehow. It's what they do. He's a better Raiden than Christopher Lambert. And Wait. there's a part of me there's a part of me that as much as I enjoy the film, wishes that the film really was just Scorpion and Sub Zero in their it battle. Was. Well it's because it's well, such here's a strong. The, here's opening. the thing, I mean, without kind of spoiling it, this isn't this is more of a setup of world building for future Mortal Kombat. Sure. And it's like, well, if that's the way you're gonna do it, then do it like this. Do separate films of Give us a movie of just Sub-Zero and Scorpion mm. and and how they're built. And then the next movie, introduce two other characters and give us their history and and, and do a martial arts action film based on them. Then you can have a whole yep. tournament at the end, like an Avengers, you know. Well, similar to when we watched uh, Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, where focus on a couple characters and maybe develop them. Yeah. Or, you know, do do what, what Wayne's approach was suggesting. Do... Do the period piece that introduces us to Scorpion of Sub-Zero and have that almost like Tom Cruise's The Last Samurai. Have it there. And then do a Kano and Sonya Blade movie, yeah. right? And, and you've Jax, got that yeah. almost like a 90s, right? Jax, or yeah. Jax. You can... And you've got like a gritty 90s cop yeah. action, you know, Steven Seagal kind of shootouty sort of movie with a little mm-hmm. bit of martial arts there. And just do like Marvel does, right? The Winter Soldier felt like a yeah, Luke this Kang type of movie. together or right? something. Yeah. And then yeah, Raiden, like, would be, yeah. Raiden would be the Jackson character, right? He's just there in all of those films. He's the Dick Fury. To watch them. them. Exactly. But I mean, but the perfect thing would have been like, like Wayne just said, Kung Lao and Liu Kang and do Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks. And you've got Shaolin monks established. And then you've got Jax, like Mark said, along with Kano and Sonya. You've got them established in their own period movie, 90s movie. And then you've got the period movie of 
um, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, and then, so you've got this established world that you've built. It would only take two, three movies, maybe. Well, three movies, let's call it even, like we just said. Right. And then and then Mortal Kombat becomes the tournament movie. And now you're invested in these characters, and... You know, it's such an interesting thing, because, like, when you hear that here, I'm like, I'm on board for that, but I'm also not a hardcore Mortal Kombat fan. I wonder if hardcore Mortal Kombat fans would want that would appreciate that or they'd be like, where is my favorite character? Right? Like, where is he? I can't see him in this movie. I don't know. As long as they know that that's the plan, then there's yeah, patience involved with that. Right. It's like them yeah. doing yeah, Iron Man first great. and waiting for, I mean, cat. Yeah. Like you wouldn't know. Hey, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I mean, yeah, that, that is a good point. Like I'm not an Iron Man fan, but I enjoyed the first Iron Man. I mean, I could care less about guardians of the galaxy and here it is probably one of my favorite movies other than winter soldier it is but um i, I get what you're saying mark I, I get it you know like if if you happen to be a Liu kang and kung lao fan and shaolin monks was the third movie you're this is a couple of years that you're waiting which i don't know it paid off for marvel i wish more people would kind of take that approach instead of rushing risk yeah. dc <laughs> you, you need that disney money to do, to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and realistically like Speaking as someone who is a pretty big fan of the Mortal Kombat games, I'm fairly certain I own all of them at this point, and I've played through the majority of them. So long as you do a good job with a couple of characters, I don't care which characters you yeah. use. Like, they sure. had Cabal in this, and I was fine with that. That's entertaining sure. to me. That's the thing. Like Mark said, he's not a big Mortal Kombat fan. And what we just described was everything based on the very first Mortal Kombat, but there's 11 of them now. And the fan base might be like, we don't care about those original characters as much as those new characters now that we don't really know. So why are we going to waste movie time on characters that aren't as popular? It's an interesting pitch. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I like it. I'd watch it. Well, you know, and the funny thing is, is I'm in Mark's camp. Um, I'm not a Mortal Kombat fan by any stretch. Growing up, I was, I, I found you were in one of two camps. It was almost like the SNES and the Genesis. It was you either played Street Fighter 2 or you played Mortal Kombat. And Street Fighter 2 had press back to block and Mortal Kombat had a button. And Street Fighter 2 was hand-painted pixels and Mortal Kombat was, you know, stiff and jerky, digitized, real-life actors. So there was two very distinct camps. I oh, yeah. fell in the Street Fighter 2 camp uh, through and through. I, I, I thought Mortal Kombat was, you know, spamming the punch button or just doing the uppercut <laughs> over and over again. I, I found yeah. pushing the foot sweep Right, I found the block button was counterintuitive, um, but that all changed with 2005 Shaolin Monks. I mean, you guys know from the Scott Pilgrim podcast, beat 'em ups are my jam. I think to this day, Shaolin Monks has the best 3D translation of a beat 'em up, uh, the best beat 'em up engine. So maybe, maybe I'm not the biggest Mortal Kombat authority, but I, you know, I, I could have stood for. A couple of movies to set some world building. And this is just the opening of the movie. Yeah, there's always that mm -hmm. rush where they want to put as many characters in as they can, and sure. most of these stories are guilty of it. Street Fighter's notoriously guilty of it. The Van Damme one has literally every character by the end. It's absurd. <laughs> but you can easily do three characters. You can maybe stretch it to five or six. This one, I think, has about 12 of the characters, though some of them are kind of bit parts by the end of it. Yeah. But the main character we get to now is really my only lamentation of the film a character that doesn't even exist in the games cole young and still doesn't not even with dlc or anything that was my question actually i don't know the point of this guy i don't get the point of him 
You have such against a the massive actor? roster of characters, you don't need a new one that nobody knows. <laughs> well, what's really strange, they tease Johnny Cage at the end of this film, but you wouldn't have to change Johnny Cage's story <laughs> or this movie's story all that much to have Johnny Cage take the place of Cole Young. Yeah. Like it it feels really weird that you have, okay, this MMA fighter who can't seem to win because he doesn't, I don't know, have enough heart, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then discovers through the power of friendship his abilities and ends up helping to save the world. Friendship. Johnny Cage is a guy who thinks that he might be a fake because he's in movies rather than real life and has to prove himself. This is a guy who's doing a bunch of dive bar fights and doesn't want to prove himself. They're not that far off. You could tweak it a little bit and the story would work just fine with Johnny Cage. And then you've got the entire original cast of the first game in there. Right! Without removing... (laughs) potentially a fan favorite. I I really don't understand <laughs> no. why they put a new character in when he doesn't contribute anything that another character couldn't have really done. It's I'll explain weird. what I thought was going to happen at the end, which I thought would have been cool, but I'll wait till sure. we get there. No, 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 jump ahead. I want to no. hear anything that might have improved. <laughs> okay, so honestly, I thought the whole idea with Cole was that when he found, what did they call it again? When you find your power, the car or whatever it's called. When you finally reach in and you have your abilities. I can't remember what it's called. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever, we'll call it a car. When you find your car, I thought his car was going to be that he'd embrace the bloodline of Scorpion and he'd become Scorpion and that Hanzo did stay dead. And then Cole was That's what I thought too. I thought that was a lie. Yeah, so we didn't actually get a new character. We've just been watching and waiting for Scorpion to appear and develop. (laughs) That would have made sense because the character of Cole Young had such a strong connection with his family and Hanzo loses his family that would have worked I thought he was and I thought him finding it was piece by piece he was starting to get the armor of Scorpion he just wasn't there yet and then he was like oh no this is nothing like that this is this is actually stupid Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 alright so I will defend a number of things in the film but I won't defend Cole Young's character because you have a way better idea in mind there (laughs) Mm Yeah, that is exactly uh, when he got handed the blade of Hanzo. I was like, oh, yeah. he's going to become him be- or channel yeah. him from hell and he gets taken over yeah. by him. Like, that's what I thought was happening. Nope. Yeah. Nope. 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 Yeah. Nothing like that. Or do some gardening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. Either. Cole no. Young acts as the audience surrogate in terms of not knowing what things are. So every character that he meets has to explain everything to him and this is the tournament and these are the rules and this is how you find your kanas, your magic, your superpowers, what have you. But you could easily have done that with any character by saying they'd never heard of Mortal Kombat before. I mean, hell, in this, Sonya Blade has investigated Mortal Kombat, but she doesn't actually know about it. She's just trying to find out about it, which to me is not a bad take. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's special forces. She's trying to find out about the tournament. You could have her say those things to any character, like, I don't know, Johnny Cage. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Either way, you waste a few minutes with Cole Young, and then you go to Outworld, and <laughs> Outworld sucks. Out- the thank you. It's terrible. <laughs> there's nothing. It's there's nothing to it. It's the grand. The it's only a thing, great Grand so Canyon. What I like about Outworld, all of the characters that they have for Outworld, I like. Yes, I enjoy Sub Zero. I enjoy Cabal. I enjoy you know Natara. They're cool. Yep. But it's basically just the desert with a big 
throne for Shang Tsung to sit on. It's a great Tatooine. Like, it's nothing. It's... I... Tatooine had more, I think. Tatooine does have more. And again, we're here to find the good, and the good is the characters there. But setting-wise, all they have to do is load up any of the games and look at the awesome production design yeah. of what Outworld is supposed to look like. Even the 90s film, when you went there, it was all runes, oh, all run down amazing. and everything. It looked, it looked good. It looked amazing. It does look good. So Very Outworld good. was, was aesthetically the only thing that really disappointed me for production value because every time they went there, it was just the desert. Yeah, it That's was nothing. It. it was so boring. That was kind of lazy. But Shang Tsung's yeah. throne in the middle of nowhere was pointless yeah, and amazing Yeah, he's got a great looking. view. Of the desert. <laughs> of the desert. Sorry, he's got a higher more like, More like outhouse, am I right? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, you get introduced to Shang Tsung, who, he's not bad, but I feel like he's playing it too subtle, too human almost. Yeah. I need something mm-hmm. like Kerry Tagawa, who's playing it over the top. And you wouldn't yeah, notice agree. it until you meet Kano, who is so over the top. I'm sorry. He's my favorite he... character in this movie. Best part he's of the, the movie. Best part of the movie. He is the best part of the movie. Every single scene he's in, he's the his best part makes, of the movie. His character makes no sense with his path. I feel like we shouldn't be watching no. his character with them. He should already be over with Kamal no. and them. But because we do get to see him, he ironically ends up being the best character in the film. He's the best <laughs> character. I was able to mix and match... The, the actors and characters from the two films, I would take this Kano. Even though I like the I like five both, one, but this guy's I'd good. take this Kano. Agreed. <laughs> He's amazing. He's, He's so funny. amazing. He's got so many good lines He's in amazing. this. Well, well just, I, I just, anytime, go ahead, Mark. No, I just, I just love, for me, he's the Captain Boomerang of this yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because the only thing I really liked about Suicide Squad, the first one, was Captain Boomerang. And it's another Aussie, <laughs> but my God, he's just, he's stealing every scene because he's not a hero. He's not a nice guy. He's an asshole. And he's supposed he to be. And at one point, you're like, what's so tough about Kano? Like, I don't really get it because every time you see him, pretty much except for one fight, he gets his ass kicked. But it's his attitude. It's this, like, you can't beat me attitude. Meanwhile, everyone can actually beat him. I just love it. I love it so much. He believes in himself enough for five Cole Youngs. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Love it. He's absolutely fantastic. But going back to, and it's, I don't understand. I know that they're supposed to, you know, here's the characters. They're going to say their names. But you see Bihan in the opening, and then you see Shang Tsung on his throne, and he refers to Bihan as Bihan and asks him to do something. Yeah. And he goes, no, mm-hmm. I am now Sub-Zero. Like he's taken on a supervillain name. Yeah, like he just turned into Sub-Zero. He's been, But he's been that. around for centuries. Yeah. yeah. And it took him that long yeah. to Today, think of that name. Today, walking really out. <laughs> Shag's son just really bad with names. <laughs> Bihan, I mean Sub-Zero. I'm sorry. Do it every time. Yeah. All this time, shouldn't he have he, like emailed Shang Tsung and just let him know? <laughs> By the way, sent a pigeon. P.S. It's Sub Zero now. Shang Tsung probably yeah. just remembered his name was Bihan. He's like, I just learned your name after thousands. Well, there's no justification for it. You could have had in the opening. You could have had them refer to each other as Scorpion and Sub Zero as like the the leader names for their clans. Yeah. So to give them these human names, and then just later on, he goes, No, no, no. Now I'm Sub-Zero. It just sounds like he's trying to make himself sound amazing. Yeah. It's really weird. 
Because they're the only two characters in the entire film that give themselves code names. Everyone else, Kano is his name. Sonya is her name. Yeah, like Sub-Zero. Jang Sung, it's his name. The way the movie goes, Sub-Zero mm-hmm. sounds like something, you know, when they see Bihan later in the movie and they'd never seen this guy before and they just refer to Raiden like, who's this Sub-Zero guy? You know, like just a right. made up name on the spot and it sticks. But he know? gives himself that name. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, no, no. <laughs> Sub-Zero. It's really weird. They give themselves nicknames. You should never give yourself a nickname. It's not cool. Don't no, do it. No. Note to self. I can forgive all of that because in terms of a villain, Sub-Zero is a far more intimidating villain than Shang Tsung, who kind of oh, does nothing absolutely. for most of this. The first time that you see Sub-Zero yeah. show up to try and kill Cole and his family when they're outside of the diner such and cool everything scene. just starts freezing and he lifts up all of the water on the street and starts smashing it down as ice on everyone. Oh, my yeah. good God. That's actually a really cool scene. He's Very terrifying cool. there. No, he, like, he's, he's the best he's, big he's bad. He's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Really? They don't give him yeah. a lot of personality in those moments in terms of, like, he's the henchman. But he's a pretty awesome henchman. Yeah, he's terrifying. He's absolutely terrifying. I was almost more afraid because I was like, okay, you can't escape him. When they drive away, they fully drove away. Turned down Probably a random five, alley, and he's five standing in front of them. I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, he's. I don't understand. You can't really get away from him. Like, and then what he does to Jax, <laughs> it's just oh my god, it's awesome. He's terrifying. So the fight between Jax and Sub Zero. First off, pretty awesome in terms of Sub Zero being intimidating. He's standing in front of the van, as you say, when they come to a stop, and then Jax goes and grabs a weapon and goes, you know, drive off, and then just watches Sub Zero. He didn't, I thought he was going to disappear in the time that it takes Jax to like grab his weapon. He's still standing there and then just saunters into the building and all of the cold air around him gets sucked <laughs> in after him. I don't know why Jax yeah. follows him at that point. You were trying to get away. Just leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But goes yeah. in and. Car's got reverse on it. Hit reverse. It's like 15 <laughs> seconds of a horror movie where you don't know where he is. And then as soon as he realizes that Sub-Zero is behind him, he turns around to fire. And I think we all have to agree, the effect for him trying to fire the machine gun mm-hmm. and Sub-Zero yeah. grabbing it and freezing all of the bullets coming out, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah that's so cool. It's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, it's one of those high points of the movie where they, they sometimes the combat, they get the co- they nail the combat. Well, it's, it's amazing. In every to scene. me, that's one of the decent fights, which is a shame because Jax just gets manhandled for most of that fight. And not because he's a bad fighter, because every time he's trying to be a decent fighter, Sub-Zero cheats and uses magic. Because <laughs> I do like when they're fighting mono a mono and using moves, at one point, Jax knocks him back. He's like, I've done four tours, motherfucker. <laughs> like, ah, yes, rated our movie. <laughs> and then Sub-Zero <laughs> grabs a hold of both of his arms and, like, rakes cold down on both of them. And he's hitting him with different moves to freeze him. And then he grabs both of his hands and... In this version, Jax loses his hands to Sub-Zero. Poor Jax. <laughs> Suffering at the hands of different yeah. people in every version of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but the effect for him, like, grappling yeah, it, with him and then freezing amazing. both arms and shattering them. Yeah. yeah. Followed up by yeah. the very soft push Jax off of the ledge so that he falls yeah. down a story. <laughs> very dickish. Awesome henchman move. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's a bad, though. In a weird way, he's a bad henchman because he, he fails to kill everyone in this movie. It is Other weird that he Scorpion, let him live. He like, fails think he every attempt. <laughs> well, he succeeded against Hanzo. Hanzo came sure. back from hell. That's, That's what different. I said. 
other than escape, yeah, other than Scorpion, <laughs> he fails yeah, he does against kill him, everyone. He didn't kill him. <laughs> yeah, like he he had he started his career great. <laughs> <laughs> but in this movie, he's awful. Either way, and then we cut back. Behan's to, record is good. Sub Zero's record. That's true. Good. He should have stayed as Behan. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it is. Yeah. You don't give yourself a nickname, and then you go back to Outworld. He rebranded all down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> it's like new Coke. But either way, Jackson's <laughs> taken down, and you go back to Outworld for a really weird scene with Shang Tsung and Melina walking with an army behind them, and again showing off the desert. I know it can't be my copy because I have it. You guys will sit here and shake your head at me. I bought this movie. I enjoyed it. I have it in 4K. But there's a weird echo coming out of just those two characters. Did you notice that? When they're talking to each other, there's this weird echo coming out of their voice. And at first, like, I thought at first it was me. And then I was like, oh, is that supposed to be the way her voice sounds? But then he speaks again. And I'm like, no, it's both of them. I don't know what that is. But then later when they talk, they don't have that echo. It's desert. But it's not desert. But it's not like the echo that you would naturally <laughs> get from like a canyon. It's this weird supernatural echo. Like they're supposed to have like evil yeah. demonic voices. And I feel like production wise, maybe they initially intended for the characters to sound like that, but then just didn't follow through. So it's just this one scene. Echo Canyon is one of Shang Tsung's favorite retreats. <laughs> mm-hmm. On Tatooine. He's got a timeshare there. It's yeah, just, walks through it's there a weird choice. It just reminded me of like Kevin Costner having an accent for five minutes of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and then ditching it. It feels like they were going to do this sound and then just gave up on it. It's really weird. And that was a really good director's choice in Robin Hood. <laughs> so I found the rest of the movie way more enjoyable when I, when I had to ignore his bad accent. <laughs> But you, at this point, you meet up with Sonya and Kano, and Sonya seems to only exist for a couple of reasons. One, to spout out all of the exposition so Cole can find out what's going on. Though I do like when she's got her conspiratorial, like, pinups and news articles and everything about Mortal Kombat, and he points at it and goes, what are you talking about? They they can't even spell the word combat. <laughs> yeah. Loved that. I got a kick out of that. Cute. And then she's got Kano tied up because apparently she's been getting some of this information from him. And he carries that whole scene because, man, Cole has no no purpose personality-wise. And Sonya's only given exposition. Kano is delightful. (laughs) And it keeps reminding you, why is Cole even in this film? You don't... Yeah, it's it's weird. Though, I did like... What was it? Uh... I can't remember who he says it to, but at one point when Kano's like, no powers, wah, wah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it was. When Sonya's talking about the, the, mar- the mark, the, the mark, the mark, yeah. which, yeah. all right. So again, I'm on the record yeah, that I like this that. movie. But when they were talking about the production of this film, and I think it was you, Chris, put the the article up on like Facebook for us to see it. Where they talked about the synopsis of it, and you know Cole Young is this fighter who has this birthmark that looks like the Mortal Kombat dragon. And I'm like, I've never heard of this character. Everyone who's going to be in this is going to have a Mortal Kombat birthmark. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm glad that I saw that article before going in because I think the movie might have broken my heart if this was the first time I heard those things. Because it is kind of dumb. <laughs> oh, you're it's welcome. very silly. You're welcome. But because I knew those going in, well, I could so, swallow it. <laughs> so I I didn't read that article before watching it. 
Oh, so and you went in cold. My problem. <laughs> I went in cold. You went again, in no sub zero. Oh. I went in sub zero. Again, I had no idea. And so what started to bother me about it wasn't the fact that it was a birthmark was the fact that it's a transferable birthmark. So like if you kill someone with it, you get their birthmark. Like that, that's what started to be so silly to me. That's one of the things I appreciated like, about holes it. is a birthmark. So rather than just be, here's this thing you're born with the idea that if you kill someone who has the mark, that's your way of entering the tournament. Like you've paid your ticket to get in because one, it explains why Kano has but, it. <laughs> he killed yeah. somebody and took yeah, the mark like, off of him. But I have no idea why Sonya wouldn't immediately kill Kano the moment she has. Like, I still don't think he gave her enough. She did enough exploration on her, her own. She doesn't need Kano. They have the very thin excuse of she needs him to find out where stuff is. But yeah, she probably should have just killed him. Yeah. Yeah. And are they trying to say, and again, this is one of the things that started to bother me with Cole. Are they trying to say... Every single person in Cole's family has that birthmark. It just gets passed down. They're all worthy of Mortal Kombat. How how did everyone else... Is is it just you've been killing a long line of descendants of Mortal Kombat? Like, how does this work? And that's where it kind of lost That gets a little bit confusing. Because on the one hand, it would have made more sense with the whole Hanzo's ancestry that it's not Shang Tsung trying to kill Cole's family. It's Bihan. Because he goes, oh, crap, they're still out there and I have to wipe out the bloodline. Mm Mixing it in with Shang Tsung's story and wanting to kill all of the Earthrealm combatants outside of the tournament is a confusing narrative. I feel like the writer got a little bit mixed absolutely. up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It makes no sense. It should have been Shang Tsung says, get rid of all the combatants. And Bihan goes, well, this is a unique opportunity. I can, while doing my job, destroy my my rival's bloodline. That would have been better. But, I don't, uh, but what doesn't make sense for me is he says, you know, go kill all the Mortal Kombat combatants or whatever so the idea is what that if he kills them all before the tournament begins and earth forfeits i guess the 10th tournament but then at the end when they're like well let's go get more fighters raiden's like yeah i'll make a new list of fighters so it makes it sound like he can just as there will always be fighters so it doesn't matter if shang sun goes and assassinates them before the tournament there's always going to be fighters because of raiden and that's he can get new well, he's like oh the tournament still has to happen so i need to go get 10 more fighters even if you just assassinate them all, you got to let me go get 10 more fighters. And I don't, I kind of don't get it. Cause like, are you saying there are rules to Mortal Kombat, but they're not enforceable? <laughs> like he's not allowed to kill the fighters before the Mortal Kombat. That's a rule. They talk about it. He's doing it anyway. Yeah. And he's to the point so where he goes that to Raiden's <laughs> temple. Yeah. He goes to yeah. Raiden's temple to do it. And Raiden seems to be the only person who is able to stop that. But they end up getting in there anyway. And so if Raiden is the only guy who's allowed to enforce it, he's clearly powerless. So really, I don't understand why Shang Tsung, who has an army, can't just bring the army to kill every – like why does he send one guy? Bring everybody. It's the other thing that they fail on. doesn't make any sense. To me, there's two huge mistakes in this film. And again, there's a lot of stuff I love. But the two big mistakes, one, Cole Young, and two, they really don't want to have a tournament in this film. They go out of their way to create plot points to stop a tournament from happening, which is weird since the whole point of the game series is a tournament to determine the fate of Earth. Just have a tournament. (laughs) 
You don't even have to. It doesn't have to be the tenth tournament. This could be the third, the first, the well, fourth, whatever. If they <laughs> had it in the tournament setting, one. you could actually have a little bit better pacing because most of the fights are very back end loaded on this, where there's a lot of fights that happen near the end yes. that could have been spaced out. If they decided to actually, yeah. you know, hold a tournament, instead the fights end up becoming montages. Which, again, I love the moves that happen in them, but there's not enough. Like if you took the fights and timed mm. them versus the film, too much film, not enough fights. I'll be honest. Once the Jackson Sub Zero scene's over, I do not think there is even remotely a good fight in the rest of this film. There are there are some oh, cool moments, like oh, okay, he did a move from the game, oh, but sure. the fights I, I think are filmed crappy and they're not yeah. good fights at all. They're not yeah. one, and they're in shitty I locations. Nothing like the first one. Yeah, I see. What there's you're not saying. a single, they're not one on one fights. I will disagree. On even the last even when they are, they're 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 dumb fights. It's like punch left, punch right, duck, punch left, punch right, duck. And the camera's going all over you like, this is stupid. This is a boring fight. The only fight... It's atrociously filmed. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, guys. It it, I, I agree with Wayne. It's a terribly filmed. It, there's not a single memorable location. In the first, in the 1995 movie, every scene looked like it was plucked out of the game. This is random trailer park, random warehouse. <laughs> in front of a barn. <laughs> Sand in a kitchen. In a bathroom. Sand pit. In a kitchen. Sand pit. So, sand pit. I'm going to disagree. Sand pit. I'm going to disagree. Sand pit. Adam. Sand pit. That's every, every fight. So, if I can interrupt, I'm going to disagree specifically about one fight. Near the end of it, yeah, most of the fights, random locations, though I, I do like they're on the, the pit there. Shouldn't knock them in the spikes. Anyway, the fight between Cole... When he's fighting Sub-Zero and Scorpion shows up, one, I like that it goes back to the original gym that he was in, but Sub-Zero's got his family there and frozen the whole thing. That's a cool idea. And the fight between Scorpion and Sub-Zero, a lot of cool moves specifically from the game happen. The throw that Sub-Zero does where he creates an ice wall and whips Scorpion through it, that's mm -hmm. straight out of the game. Oh, for sure. There, yeah. And it's one of the better yeah, like ones said. Uh, of that group of bad ones. It's the better one, sure. But I still I legitimately yeah, think I that think one's like a good fight. I don't think I still that don't one's think a bad it's a good fight. fight. I think that one's good. I, I think it's a bad fight. Disagree. And the, the other thing, I the other reason the other reason I hit the, I think it's a bad fight is it lowers Scorpion's character, right? He comes out and they're fighting one-on-one. -on -one, and they're determined to make Sub-Zero the better fighter in this film for some reason. Because by the end, he still needs Cole and Scorpion to fight him. And it's like... Man, like this was the buildup for Scorpion, and he still can't beat Sub Zero without the help of Cole. This is this. I don't know. That whole fight just went downhill for me because I'm of a that. Scorpion fan over Sub Zero. Yeah. Still didn't bother me because they had cool moves back and forth. If they've yeah, set up Sub Zero is, to be this force of nature, it's going to take two people to beat him, and that's fine. I think I though that what I I saw them differently because like I get what you're saying, and it's exactly what Nick said. They're, it's not a tournament fight. They're these melees. So they're yeah. they're running around. They're jumping off. They're fighting off of each other. They're fighting in different locations. Again, like you said, like bathroom, kitchen, sandpit, sandpit, sandpit. And <laughs> I didn't mind it as much because it was almost so over the top. Again, like it's all powers being used almost the whole time, right? So it's it's a little bit different. Except for, until you get to the Scorpion fight. I did not like the Goro Cole fight. I didn't no. like it where he... Because I still... I guess maybe it's because I don't understand what is Cole's power. Is his power that the armor absorbs? Is his power that he makes weapons? Like, I don't know what his power is. Did he get three powers there? Like, 
It's a I testament really to the get... '90s film how charismatic Goro's character is in the '90s, and I could care two yeah! shit about him in this film. I think he even has one yeah. sentence, maybe, in this movie. Goro doesn't have a whole lot of character in this. He film. looks good. He looks good. He looks good. They hide him. They hide him. He. They make it. Yeah. They. He's like nothing, and then the the guy who can't fight, the weakest fighter of all of them, is the one that kills Prince Girl. Well, like, that's where on. he discovers the power of friendship, <laughs> and his friendship bracelet from his daughter sure. turns into armor. That's, that's one right. of the sillier moments mm. of the film. My frustration with Goro, yeah. I know they went the CG route so you could have him do more moves, and I get that. But you mm-hmm. could probably get away with just as much of a fight having some sort of physicality. His CG yeah. is... It's not terrible, but it's not good enough to be convincing in the room. I it looked all right. It looks okay, but it just... He doesn't do anything that's so impressive that you had to use a CG to have him in there. You could probably have gotten away with some sort of camera trickery and had something physical pounding the crap out of coal. So mm. I, it just felt like a waste of CG, for lack of a better term. We're jumping all over here. We're jumping all <laughs> over. If we go back to, in my opinion, where most of the fun character moments happen, all the ones with Kano... Reptile, who yeah. shows up just to get demolished, yeah. but it's a cool fight because he stays invisible for a good chunk of it and beats the hell out of Kano, Sonya, and Cole. Slaps them all around. I did like Sonya's trying to throw blades at Reptile and one misses and hits yeah. Kano and later on he calls her out on and goes, you threw one <laughs> of those knives in my leg and you did that on purpose and she kind of shrugs like, yeah, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved how I didn't see it when he first did it. It, it. it took sort of a wider shot. I didn't know that he stabs the flare and then stabs him. Yeah. I oh, thought yeah. that was all like happenstance. I, I, yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't know that that's what he did. I was like, Oh, it's like, that's kind of a cool idea. And Kano wins that fight for all of us talking about Kano how he loses wins. all the time. Not only does he win, that's one of the first true fatalities in this he legitimately rips As out his reptile's heart, still beating his hand. That's a Kano fatality. That's amazing. Yeah. And can we talk about the corny thing that they fatality. do? Yeah, like, absolutely. He cuts it out. He's like, fatality. Kano wins. Flawless victory. Like when they actually announce. <laughs> well, he announces victories. it himself. Like, I thought Any other character, yeah. it wouldn't have worked. That's, but Kano announcing it. Well, okay. But fine. they all do it. <laughs> yeah, Kung Lao does it too. Like, yeah. Conletta, he's like, flawless victory. And like, it's just, when they started to do that stuff, I was like, okay. One's, one's like, okay. Pick a lane. Are you going to be corny or are you going to be The Mortal Kombat does the serious? same stuff and we give it a pass. No, because that's its lane. It's in that lane the whole movie. It's it's made that way. It's a little bit corny, a little bit fun. This is trying to be a little bit more serious, and then it throws in these corny things. When Kano does it the first time, it works. It when it comes up again, I was like, uh, Well, it doesn't what? work later because it's someone else. Kano's the one who can, yeah. for lack of a better term, break the fourth wall and say stupid gamer things in this. One of my favorite moments yeah. with him, later on, when you've got... Raiden has shielded them all in his temple and he's trying to train them all to fight. And Liu Kang goes to fight Kano and sweeps him. And then Kano gets back up and goes, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you got me. But you won't be able to do that again. And he sweeps him again and gets up and, oh, you, you just know how to spam one move. The number of times you probably said that to someone online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Liu Kang fakes him out and then sweeps him again. <laughs> I literally thought about the game. I love back at that reptile fight, though, like after it was done. Like, cause he, he, that's where he first gets like that. Oh, nasty oh yeah. The gash, gash on his face. face. 
And then he's bitching later, like, I'm doing all the work here. And he's like, I even got this scar on my face. Lucky for me, you can hardly notice. <laughs> <laughs> Half his face is missing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's so off. good. He's so good. He's it. outstanding. And then later on when That's they're talking about your Kana and getting your magic, I couldn't tell. So at the dinner scene where you have Liu Kang and Kong Lao, like making fun of Kano and poking at him and getting him angrier. Did they know that like the secret to his yeah. magic was getting really, really angry at someone and spouting racist things? That's what it seemed like. It's, at first it seemed it like they just didn't like way. him. And I was like, I think they're actually pushing him on purpose. Which was kind of awesome mm-hmm. training. Yeah, I did. What was it uh, when he says, uh, I'm going to come over there and shove that sombrero up your ass. That's not a sombrero. Yes, sombrero. <laughs> it's not a sombrero. But I love his reaction when he gets his power. Just the, ah! <laughs> oh, yeah. Lasers out of the eye. <laughs> so good. It's like so much better than fireballs, you pansy. <laughs> so good. He's so good. But, like, all of that stuff, he's the one character where, to me, it works to do that stuff. But, yes, when Kung Lao, granted, he does his fatality, which is awesome, throwing his spinning hat with the, oh, the metal rim on yeah. the ground and riding Natara through it and cutting her in half. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But he yeah, should not awesome. have followed that up with flawless victory. Don't say that. No. No. Yeah. I mean, credit to the actor. Of the two, at least Kung Lao has a personality in this. Liu Kang does not. Mm-hmm. No. He's a placeholder. No, he, doesn't. he doesn't do anything remotely fun or human. He speaks monotone. Kung Lao is fun in this. Liu Kang yeah. is, I don't know. <laughs> we need Robin so Shao. We'll kill Kung Lao and keep Liu Kang. Yeah, but get the Liu Kang from the 95 <laughs> Mortal Kombat. You got to mix and match these yeah. films. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Can we talk about his death for a second? Because oh, Kung Lao's. <laughs> yeah. When I saw his yeah, yeah, like when I saw his death, I was like, "Wait a minute!" I'm like, "Shang Tsung's that powerful? He can one on one anybody." Yeah. Because he's just like basically he does the without doing the scorpion get over here. He does the get over here. He force pulls he him like force Vader. Pulls him into his hands, and then just sucks, sucks life out. And everyone stands by and watches. No one does can't anything. Fight back. Nobody. And I was just like, uh, Luke, no, like it's the longest. No, just run over there. Throw sand in his face. Do anything. Like, <laughs> it's a sand pit. Just throw sand in his face. So much sand. Nothing. There's so much sand. I, I don't like that they did that because at that point it builds up Shang Tsung no. to a point of why does he need anyone? He can just pull you towards yeah. him and suck your soul out in two seconds. Why isn't Raiden just lightening him right off the face of the earth at that point? Because everyone can break the rules anyway. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because I remember shortly after that, Raiden teleports them to this all clear white yeah, area. Says Shang Tsung yeah, can't, can't come here. So one, it's like, why didn't you just train here? <laughs> but when they get there, Jack's when when Liu Kang's sad about Kung Lo dying, Jack says to Raiden, you know, you couldn't have saved them. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not allowed to interfere. And then literally like 10 minutes later, Cole's like, oh my hey, God, can you teleport? people anywhere and he's like yeah and they're like thought you couldn't interfere and rating gives like the smile wink it's like that's a dick move because you let kung lao die then you son of a bitch <laughs> you just said you couldn't interfere to save his life but oh yeah i can interfere to teleport people anywhere that's rude yeah so bad uh, Raiden, so bad dick Raiden. see if you got that uh, shaolin monks movie that chris wanted you would have found out how much Raiden hated kung lao <laughs> but we never got that movie yeah <laughs> 
Well, it's funny because uh, compare it to the 95 Mortal Kombat. In that one, both Shang Tsung and Raiden are constantly interfering, but in subtle ways where they can't really yeah. get called out on it. Exactly. And that one, it mm-hmm. works. Yeah, they're playing the yeah, system. They're both, they're playing yeah, they're the both system. kind of bending the rules without breaking them because, you know, the Elder Gods are watching. In this one, Raiden does nothing till near the end, but Shang Tsung just flagrantly breaks the <laughs> rules all the time. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, it is odd. Like I said, I like the small details that this gets right. I love that they use the super moves, like you know, Cabal using his ridiculous flash speed kind of attack, and the fact that they have Natara, which is a really deep cut obscure character. Let's use the woman vampire character from what was it, Mortal Kombat Deception? I think sure, mm-hmm. but the plot doesn't work, and it's only yeah. held together when Kano shows up. Or, well, when Kano shows up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's the MVP. This movie should have had more. Yeah. It, it should have had way more farting fat guy. Oh, Bo Bo Rai Rai I would have loved if Bo Raicho showed up. I think they mentioned him once. Do they? In, yeah. During the, the training sequence when they're trapped there, I think Kung Lao mentions Bo Raicho. He name drops him. But I would have been happy to see him do like a fart fatality on someone. <laughs> Why not? Oh, man. You know, this would have gone up three points in my book. Yeah. But yeah, it is weird that this movie spends most of its time trying to avoid a tournament and spends yeah. actively 25 minutes having some decent character moments during the training sequence. But 25 minutes is a long training sequence so that people can unlock their inner potential, including my favorite one. Jax has his arms ripped off. The monks give him really weak little skeletal robot arms. Funny. <laughs> which look hilarious and he can't fight with them. And then when Sonya's like, I think trapped under a boulder or something, the yeah. power of love, mm-hmm. his robot arms grow and evolve into gigantic robot arms. See, where was Huey Lewis in all this? <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> But I like the design of his arms once he has them, and he does the hand clap fatality on Raiko, which, if you're going to think of yeah. useless characters to have, Raiko, seriously, out of all the Mortal Kombat characters, I'm willing to bet. Do any of you even know which one he's from? I do. No, I don't. I thought he was, no. I didn't even know he was from there. He's an existing character. I thought it was MC Hammer. Uh, either, oh, was it Deception or Armageddon? He's in one of the, the three PS2 ones, but like, and I think he was in Mortal Kombat <laughs> 4. Which is, eh. But, like, they use that obscure of a character, which entertaining enough so you can kill him off and bring in other people. But Cole Young instead of Johnny Cage. I don't get it. But you do have yeah. two minutes of Shaolin monks in there with, you know, Kung Lao doing the teleport and the hat. Teleporting. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> he should have teleported away from Shang Tsung. <laughs> should have teleported away from Shang Tsung. <laughs> and no, when Shang Tsung touches you, that you're, was, you can't that was do not an echo. So... And I feel like we've cleared it up for, for anyone listening, but to go go back for a moment there, the Mortal Kombat mark, the, the dragon tattoo on you, for lack of a better term, if you don't have that, one, you don't have magic, and two, you cannot be in the tournament. And a big point of this story is Sonya is the only one out of the main heroes who actively wants to do something. Yeah. It doesn't Because have Cole doesn't believe in himself, and Raiden doesn't interfere, and Kung Lao and Liu Kang are almost non-characters. She wants to do something, and they're constantly telling her, no, you're not allowed to be part of this. I don't want to be political about it, but is it not weird that it's all the guys telling the girl, no, you're not allowed to fight for the entire goddamn movie? 
Not, and not one of them thought, yeah. hey, look, we all hate Kano. Why don't we just tell her, kill Kano, and then she's going to fight. <laughs> well, and it's Why don't we hold Kano down? It's absolutely We'll even hold him down. Yeah, because we'll hold him down. Stab him. Well, where does she end up getting her power from? She kills Kano in a yeah. in a mobile home because their fight is a domestic brawl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With her doing her yeah. best Sarah Connor impression. She's dressed like her. She's trying to do the no-nonsense talk. She sets up traps waiting for Kano. I actually don't mind that fight because that fight, it's not a great martial arts fight. And I think this movie fails in terms of martial arts more often than it succeeds. It really does. I'll admit yeah. that. Yeah. But one thing that it does a good job of is when the characters are trying to hit each other, it really does look like they're hitting each other. That fight between Kano and Sonya, <laughs> that looks like cops need to show up and break it apart. It is rough. <laughs> she slams him off of a toilet seat and it breaks like they're slamming each other through walls and she like not only when she kills him she gets the mark she like learns her power oh, yeah. immediately on well, top and of that too what was it she uses yeah, the uh, she stabs a garden gnome through his like his laser eye or what was it um yeah. I can't remember what it was like phosphorus or something she throws into his eye so when he tries to do the laser beam it catches his face yeah. on fire yeah. there's some cool moments in that yeah. fight but it's not a martial yeah. arts fight, and that's... It's weird. You would think a Mortal Kombat movie would have good martial arts fights. I think it has decent fights, but not martial arts fights. No. <laughs> that's where it falls close. apart. Same thing with it has cool super moves, but not great martial arts. Even the fights I like, like mm -hmm. the Scorpion and Sub-Zero fight. It's not, hey, look at this five-second sequence of, you know, parrying and attacking. It's, he did the throw through the the ice, and <laughs> the ice, he turned yeah. his blood into a dagger by freezing it and stabbed him. That's the stuff I come away remembering is the superpowers. I just wish that they mixed a little bit of the raid into it or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For, you know what? For homework, guys, I'm going to tell you this. Watch a movie called Ninja 2 Shadow of the Tear it. with Scott Adkins. I, I, okay, Nick, marry the 95 movie with okay. that, and you would have Mortal Kombat. Well, and again, I know I've harped on it numerous times, but go on YouTube, long play, Mortal Kombat 9, 10, 11, watch them. It's an eight-hour epic oh. of the story you wanted. <laughs> I actually bought 11. 11's amazing! It was on sale for like 20 bucks. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'll do it. I'm in, we're really in, I'm in this Mortal Kombat movie mode because we've been watching both movies. I don't know how much is left to say. I I like some of the things that happen in this, but this movie is a bit of a misfire in terms of its story and in terms of its central character. And I don't think that it's terrible, but I, I'm disappointed because I can literally see where they could have improved it. It's one thing when you watch a bad movie and go, man, I don't even know how they could fix this. We've listed how you could fix this. And the funny thing is, like, the whole thing is they're trying to kill everybody, and a lot of them succeed at getting killed but then at the end Shang Tsung makes it seem like well he even says it death is just another realm and he takes everybody so is it the whole we can kill everybody in these movies mm -hmm. because it's another realm so we can just Hard bring them back again so back. really so really killing everybody makes there's no point of assassinating people before the tournament the only one we're <laughs> killing him they do a again. really good job of foreshadowing Sub-Zero the original Sub-Zero Bihan is killed by Scorpion and becomes Noob Sabot and when you see Cole and Scorpion beating the snot out of him at the end and stripping off all the Sub-Zero armor before they kill him, everything that's underneath the armor is the garb of Noob Saibot. He actually looks like Noob by the end of that fight, which I thought was really cool. I don't like Shang Tsung going, ah, death's just the beginning, unless they're hinting towards in Mortal Kombat lore, I'm going to throw that word out there, 
Shang Tsung has the ability to bring back people as demonic versions of themselves. And there's a huge storyline yeah, of like Liu Kang and Katana becoming evil. You could do fun things like that. If they were going to do a follow-up, have Kung Lao come back as a demonic version. I'd be down for that. The director wanted it to be a trilogy. He was planning for a trilogy. I mean, everybody is. Yeah, well, don't know if he's going to get it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard yeah. to say. I can't. I don't know if he's going to get it. I don't I think it did well. Tell. What was what was the reception like? What's the Rotten Tomatoes or the Metacritic? So it's or? funny you bring that up, and I don't make these things up. I'm just going to read off what I, I, have I see no idea. here. Mortal Kombat 2021, 284 reviews. Mortal Kombat scores 55 percent on the tomato meter out of 284 reviews. Audience score 86 percent out of 5,000 plus ratings. So it seems like hmm. overall, critics didn't like it that much, it. but audience liked it. I'm not trying to to start a fight here. Mortal Kombat 95 only has 43 hmm. reviews from critics because not a lot of them are posted. So it's 44% is hard to gauge. Is that better or worse than the 2021 version? 250,000 plus ratings for the audience score, and it only scores a 57, which is surprising to me. Yeah. So, like, the online community... I'm not surprised by any of that. ...seems I'm to prefer surprised. the 21 version. I don't know. The 90s version is also still back when when movie adaptations from games just had a bad stigma to them, maybe. right? That could be it. But it's not, the effects were it's bad. not even that for me. I think it's the the audiences who do that didn't grow up with that movie. Okay. There like, is probably some rules-colored glasses. I, I think yeah. the people... Yeah. Yeah, like, I think the people who saw that movie saw it because they heard about it when they were 10 or 13 in 2000 or whatever, whatever Rotten Tomatoes came out. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't out when we first saw that movie that didn't exist. So they, they viewed it later and like any older dated movie, the uh, special mm-hmm. effects would have been dated. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like sure. the acting was meh. Like it, there's reasons where people would look at that movie and be like, Oh, this is crap. We grew up with that movie, so we enjoyed it. Yeah, it's because you're seeing it today for the first time, not back then. When that's exactly. All that's possible. I still think the 95 one holds up, but I see your point, right? Same here. Yeah, Same so here. why? But either well, we way. So I don't know how they gauge the success of this, because I know a lot of films right now don't get a theatrical release, so I guess it's off of like how many people are watching on HBO and whatnot. I haven't seen a definite yes or no for a sequel for it, but if they made a sequel, I would watch it. Right. I enjoyed this enough that I'd see the next one. I would yeah. watch it too. I would, but I'd hope not, for some improvements. As long as we're doing Johnny the podcast, Cage. still, I have to watch it. <laughs> hey, look! <laughs> despite all of the bad things that you may have to say about this, I think we all agree this is not the worst Mortal Kombat movie ever made. There's no way you can put this. <laughs> don't, say it, don't say it. Don't, don't say even. There's no way you, you said can put you would this never bring it up at the bottom no. of the the pile. It's not possible. <laughs> and eventually. We'll get to Scorpion's Revenge and see if maybe animation is the direction they should go. But I think we'll bring this to a close. When we next get together, we're going to look at another wildly popular video game franchise uh, that's having its first attempt at a video game film, though from a seasoned video game adaptation team, Monster Hunter. Mila Jovovich coming in to do yet another adaptation. I've never seen it. I'm genuinely looking forward to it. It looks absolutely absurd. So, hi. And another Paul Anderson film. He loves it. You know, I think he's the positive Aye. video game adaptation director versus the Uwe Boll situation. If I have to choose which so you one. Haven't watched, you haven't watched much of Monster Hunter yet, though. I haven't right? seen anything. I've seen a preview. Okay. Okay. I see. I watched I've it. seen it. I'm looking yeah. forward to so it. So, we will talk about it. But uh, <laughs> I can't tell from your stone cold faces right now what to expect. 
<laughs> it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. That's man. the point. Uh, There's some things I the love. There's some things I love. Mixed bag. That and is the best way to sum up the video game meditation. <laughs> mixed bag. Save it for that. Mm-hmm. It's a six demon bag. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I thank you all for joining for yet another Mortal Kombat. There's so many Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter adaptations. One day we'll see a perfect one of one of those. I think there's at least one perfect one of Street Fighter. We thank you all for listening. I have been Nick Moore. With me, as always, were Wayne Brissett, Mark Athanis, and probably stuck with us forever is Chris Njedlik. Gentlemen, thanks for having us as always. Mortal Kombat! We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athanis, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore, with special guest Chris Nijadlik. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review. We'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email. RetroGamingFool at gmail.com Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next stage.